Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Punchy Hunter. I'm Justin Stafford, your host, and I'm here with my good buddy Cody Mintiela. What's going on, man? No, not much. How about yourself? Oh, just sitting here drinking some beer and kicking back, man. Can't complain. Good deal. Glad to glad to be on here with you on the old debut episode. Yeah, I know, man. I, I figure I better start with somebody I know, so it seems like I know what I'm doing. Hey, fake it till you make it, right? That's that's what they say. Um, <laughs> Cody and I used to work together uh, for quite a while on a on a on a heck of an outfit. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> Good choice uh, of word. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like I better keep it to a minimum, or we'll be here all night just talking about nothing but that. Um, yeah, it, it's happened before. Yeah, more than once. Happened earlier today, actually. Oh. Did. <laughs> um. Oh, and and we both just really have a, a passion for cowboying, but but also hunting, and felt like there's probably a lot of guys out there uh, like us, and you you just never hear guys talk about both. So that's uh that's what we're here to do. Um, give just kind of a brief overview of what I'm hoping to do with this podcast, and um. That's that's talk to guys who like to cowboy and, and guys who like to hunt. Um, you know, uh, there will probably be plenty of crossing over in every episode, but uh, some episodes are going to be more more cowboy related, more cowboy themed, and then others will be be more hunting themed, and um, probably get a good taste of taste of both with me and Cody doing this first episode together because well, we we really like to do both. Yeah, I don't know if we're darn if we're good at both, but we like to do both. So yeah, well, we're, we'll leave skill level out of it. I sure hate yeah, that. yeah. First episode, <laughs> <laughs> we'll save embarrassing ourselves for a couple episodes in. There um, we go. <laughs> uh well, shoot. Uh, I'll I'll let you get started, buddy. Um, if you want to give a brief bio and background, let everybody know who you are. Yeah, so yeah, I was introduced. Name's Cody. I was born um, in Missoula, Montana, which is, I don't know, Missoula and Bozeman. Shoot, I don't know if you can much classify those as uh, native Montana anymore, but there's still quite a few good people in both. Oh. Um, yeah, and my grandma had a little ranch, um, still has a little ranch down in Stevensville in the Bitterroot Valley, which is a uh, just south layer of Missoula, about 30 miles or so. I always do things by time, which is what Montanans do. I can't think of a guy around here who says, oh, it's only X amount of miles. It's a, it's about 30 minutes or hour and a half, you know? <laughs> you know, it, it, it took a little getting used to when I moved up there, but fuck, I can't stop doing it now. I don't think I ever talk miles. I'm like, oh, shit, it's, it's a short little jaunt, hour, hour and a half, you know, and everybody's like, well, that's not yeah. fucking short. And Well, it was for us. Yeah, oh, man, it, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up there and um, shoot, uh, started hunting, I think, first year when I was growing up and be here. First year you could hunt, 12 years old, and um, my first year hunting was the first year I, first and only year that I have tagged out. Um, so that was that was terrible. Oh, I think every supposed to be like that. Yeah, <laughs> set the bar <laughs> way too high. <laughs> <laughs> 
shoot, that's funny. Yeah, and then, you know, growing up, um, I wasn't too serious about hunting at first, and, you know, wasn't really around, I mean, was around cows, but was not involved with cows or horses or anything like that. Um, come high school, I really started getting into hunting. I really started getting into and, and backpacking. Um, I didn't really correlate the two in high school, but I was backpacking a lot in the summertime or not a lot, but backpacking in the summertime, making trips out of it. Oh yeah. In the fall, you know, still this day trips. And, um, anyways, and then in high school, I had a couple friends and they were, you know, in high school rodeo and I thought that was pretty cool. And, and then I met with some folks there just outside of Missoula and they, they ran some critters and went to my first, uh, head and heel branding. I was, I was just a ground crew and I was looking at everybody, you know, um, slick. I mean, I didn't know what a slick horn versus anything else really was, but looking at everybody with a slick horn and looking at the Armidas and then these horses were just freaking. You know, like I said, I mean, I wasn't know what I was looking at, but looking back on it, a lot of these horses were just bridled up real nice. You bet. Just got yeah. a nice fucking nice head first introduction into the old buckaroo. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. You know, flat hats, freaking, and just people just slinging rope. Oh, you bet. You know what I mean? And I was like, damn. Now that shit's cool. and so those folks all you know i i think i don't know if they necessarily wanted me to hang around as much as i did hang around (laughs) them but uh i was a persistent little shit yeah i was was damn sure persistent little shit and so then they hired me the night cab for them and this was after i graduated high school so i was a night cab for them literally spending every second every non-working day that i could out with them and uh then they bought a ranch in eastern montana and they're like hey you want to come and i was like yeah yeah that sounds good and went there and you know i was young i was learning a lot uh probably a little more Sometimes I wish I was there as, with a little bit more of a mature mindset than I, than I had, but, you know, and, uh, well, and it just got to the point where I was like, man, I just, you know, seen all everybody and, and they're riding every day and shit like that. And I was like, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. And so, yeah. then, so then I did I started doing that, went to the outfit that, uh, you came on. Started writing every day, hanging out with some pretty handy folks, and then, and that was that was that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, <laughs> as we knew it. Yeah. <laughs> God Almighty. Yeah, I will say that was a salty valley, though. You didn't really realize it, and well, at least I didn't. I honestly didn't really realize it until shoot not too long before we quit working there. Just how salty of a valley that that place actually could be. Oh man, they're pretty astonishing for how small a valley it is and kind of, I mean, really the epicenter of three major cities in Montana where, you know, agriculture is getting pushed out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always describe um, Helena, Bozeman and Butte as kind of a triangle, you know, and 
old boulders about dead center of that son of a gun. Oh yeah. And man, that valley had some some amazing hands in it. And it still does, but I mean some top notch hands. Absolutely. I mean you got shoot, you got Cole and Lath and Quentin and man, just some some guys that like you said, you may not realize just how salty they are when you first get there, but by the time we left, you're like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, you, you don't see them very often. And then come a couple brandings a year, and they're just freaking, you know, calf after calf after calf. And, oh, and bridled up horses. Well, except for, uh, uh, shoot, that one horse Cole brought. <laughs> that's, that's something, again, wasn't bridled up. But yeah, you think, must be thinking of one Lath brought, because I think Cole was riding the bridled up horse. Lath had a little, little, uh, I think he still does. Had a little gorilla horse, oh, and yeah, yeah. I can't remember what they call that horse, but I've all, he's one of my favorite horses because he's pretty damn consistent. Um, yeah. no matter how much it, he was telling me, no matter how much you camp on him, he's still just the freaking right, like riding the freaking snake, just weaving yeah. in places. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was funny listening to them guys talk about that horse too. Oh yeah. It yeah, seems like they almost all rode him at least at least for like a day somewhere along the way. Yeah, they oh, yeah. sucker. I think that I think that poor I wouldn't say poor horse, but I think that horse has been involved in a little in more than one trade. Yeah. So if I if I was a betting man, that's what I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh shoot. Well, yeah, that was uh, like I said, that was the end as we knew it. Yeah, you know and. You know, uh, we had some good times, obviously, and a lot of a lot of good shit to remember back on. You know, look back on and get a good oh, laugh out of, and oh yeah, like that. But it just got to the point. I'm almost glad I was there because, in my opinion, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna say eighty to ninety percent of outfits are still paying the same wages wages that they did in the mid nineties. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, uh, if if not, probably a few more outfits than that. You know, I mean, it's oh, just yeah. just nobody nobody seems to want to accept that it's a lot more expensive to be alive than it was in nineteen fucking ninety five, and and that's what they want to pay. And man, I just I just darn sure don't see how a guy is supposed to get by. You know, I don't. I mean, I really don't. I, obviously, there's folks that got some pretty good systems out there. You know, uh, you know, there's folks that probably are still making the same from the ranch. But if the you know the ranch might you know provide let you have ten head of horses and things like that. But and and, and that's what separates a I don't know just an outfit from a great outfit. Those great outfits will give you the opportunity to. To make a lot more cash for yourself and and opportunities for yourself and your family, um, and and in my mind, that's darn sure what separates a great one from just your average Joe outfit. Because you know your average Joe outfit pays what that great outfit does, but you know they just don't give you the chance to go out and really make anything. A little else. more incentive to stay. Yeah, you know. No, I. Was- I can't remember. It's been a little while ago, but I was talking to an old guy, and we were just shooting the shit, you know. And he he's curious. He's like, "So what do you what do you pay for a rope?" 
And I shoot, I think oh, at that time I was getting my ropes, those wax cottons from Buckaroo Business there in Billings. And I think to have them shipped to my door, uh, I want to say it was like 85 bucks a rope by the time I was shipped. I, I want to say the first one I ever ordered from him after you let me borrow one. And um, <laughs> when we get into my background, you guys will hear just how uh, how much shit I had to borrow to fit in with a Buckaroo. Um. <laughs> cotton gloves and ropes and boots and yeah I, I borrowed a lot of shit when I first got up there um I think the first one I ordered I I, I want to say it was it was either 80 on the dot or like you said like 85 after shipping I think they were like I think they were supposed to only be like 70 bucks before you paid shipping yeah yeah every bit of 10 15 dollars yeah man Fuck, who's going to drive to Billings, you know, three and a half fucking hours or four hours, maybe even from Boulder to go buy some ropes, you know? No, yeah, it, it wasn't worth it, especially not – I mean, you don't get a lot of time off. Uh, there's a lot closer places to drive in Billings to get a beer. Yeah, that's damn fact. <laughs> there, there was one 12 miles up the road that let us drink as many as we wanted, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> and they had a decent burger. <laughs> They did have a decent burger, and I'll be honest, I always thought the steak wasn't half bad myself. I think it's one of the best steaks you can buy, it, honestly. It, it, and maybe not necessarily because of the taste. Again, not that I thought the taste was bad. I actually thought it was a pretty good steak, but God dang, that was a honking son of a bitch. You know, and, and it, it, was, it was it tasted good. It was a big steak. There was a big dinner with the steak, and I felt like the prices – a cowboy could afford a steak every now and again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably because it was in the the Windsor Bar in Boulder, Montana. But God dang, a cowboy sure enough could go in there and buy himself a nice steak dinner. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I remember telling, I digress. I was telling that guy, you know, 80 bucks by the time it shipped, 80, 85. He's like, that's more than a whole freaking roller rope was you know how they used, used to be able to buy i don't know 200 feet of rope and just cut it off oh yeah and tie your own to it. yeah yeah i mean he was paying just about that or less than that for 200 feet of rope oh yeah which would probably last him a year you know fuck oh yeah oh. i don't care what people say people can talk about what i think wax cotton's probably last the longest as far as um being on your saddle every day and just an all-around rope but once they go they go oh yeah yeah i mean it, they, they amazed me when i first started using one how many times you could honestly just just kind of fix it you know kind of i don't know twist and tweak with it a little bit or heck just go grab a hold of a of a big critter and uh and kind of fix that wax cotton but by god once you it once you hit its limit, they were they were dunsky toast. You, yeah, you might as well as make tie strings out of it or or gate strings because that's about all the damn things good for anymore. That's no kidding. Um, but I was always surprised how many times those Hondas would go to twist on me, and I'd get all fucking mad and been out of shape about it. And you'd be like, "Ah, oh, heck, just you know, kind of." jack with a little bit or we, we'd go to a brandon and by the end of that freaking brandon it felt like it was almost darn near brand new all over and yeah i remember we were going to brandon 
I can't remember which one, but you had we had just got brand new wax cottons. Oh, and you, you were itching. I mean, you were foaming at the mouth to have this rope. Oh. And I was like, dude, you're like, what? You're like, you're not. I'm like, you're not going to want to take that brand new one into <laughs> a snag and drag her open. <laughs> I got me like with like a confused, lost puppy dog type look. Oh, I was so heartbroken to hear it. But did, you didn't listen. No, no, I damn sure didn't listen. I think I caught two calves that day. Um, <laughs> if that, son of a gun, which, uh, spoiler alert, folks, um, I'm terrible at snag and drag, Brandon. I don't know what the damn difference between snag and dragging and just healing a critter on the end of a neck rope is. Um, But you, you can ask Cody. There's, there's a fucking difference, apparently, and I'm not real good at one, and well, I'm not going to say I'm real good at the other, but I'm damn sure better at it than I am snagging. snagging. <laughs> and I I remember exactly what Brandon it is, and I remember exactly what rope it was. Um, it was the first Brandon that I got to go to down at Quentin and Ashley's. Was it? It was, and, and I I really liked Quentin and, and was really excited to get to go rope at, at his place, you know, and this side or the other, and I just got that brand new black and red wax cotton and yeah. uh, uh my for for everybody listening my favorite color scheme on planet earth is black and red if i could own all of my things Possibly because that's the only colors he can see well but... you know, we, we digress the reasoning <laughs> is hearsay hearsay um but, but my favorite <laughs> team is black and red and it doesn't matter if it's red with black on it or black with red on it i love black and red i just think it's the slickest color scheme you ever seen and i see this wax cotton and it's in black and red and holy shit i come apart and i had to have it i don't even think i needed a rope i think you got to talking about getting one and so i just got on there and started looking and saw that one and and, and come unglued and i'm sporting this nice shiny new black and red wax cotton and and as cody said i was foaming at the mouth to rope with this son of a gun and uh yeah i should have listened i should have grabbed that one off the back of the truck that had been sitting on the back of the truck for like four fucking months because i'd have damn sure been a lot better off with that damn no thing. shit no shit <laughs> then i was that brand new one Man, it would lay so nice, but it was just so, I don't know, springy and actiony. And I, I don't know if it's the wax or if it's the cotton or the combination of the two, but man, I'd go to throw it in there and I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, it's perfect. And it just bounced right back out like it was on a spring. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. It, it's never fun. And uh, I always thought the new ones suck because you go to pop your dallies and seem like, oh, it, it, the brand new ones. It always seemed like the uh, it always catch on one leg of a calf after you popped your dally, and I was just you're like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that happened a bunch too. I I will tell you, um, man, I did like them plastic hondos they put on them things for for that. You could oh, yeah. Once them wax cottons were good and broke in with a good plastic hondo shoot, if you could just ride your horse and stay with that sucker and pitch some slack at it, it seemed like you could a lot of the time get that thing back off there without anybody happening to go and uh, give you a hand. Yeah, no, them plastic hondos were good, I thought. 
Yeah, I almost want to put order rope that you told me to get, but I'd be, man, I'll be honest, that thing is so actiony and so springy. I'm a little scared. I might cut my damn hand off if I put a plastic condo on that thing. Oh shit! Yeah, you them team. Are you talking about that team rope and rope? Yeah, that the four oh. Prescott. Yeah, that Prescott. Oh, the E four. Yeah, no, I love. That's my new favorite rope. But yeah, I'm afraid if I had a freaking plastic Honda, I'd have. I don't know what I'd. Be. I needed that rawhide Honda to at least slow it down for me a little bit. I ain't. I'm no yeah. junior Tagara in the fourth round of E four. Yeah, I'm right there with you though. The the more I jacked that rope, even just jacking with it on the dummy, the more times I swing it and chuck it, man. I I really like the feel of that son of a gun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was a darn good rope. Well, yeah. I, it's, like I said, it's my favorite rope now that I'm not needing a rope every, you know, dang day. Yeah, no, gosh. Yeah, I'm burning through one every three months. Yeah, exactly. And that was, and at the end of the three months, those ropes were darn sure ragged. <laughs> no joke, man. Feathered up, probably five, ten feet shorter than they started, or at least mine were. I don't know how yeah. break so many of them damn things. <laughs> them Wilson trailers, man. Them Wilson trailers is why you broke so many. Yeah, that's true. And and unlike Cody, I was not smart enough to keep a designated trailer rope on the pickup. Um, yep. I always just passed my rope through and went to dragging, and the next thing I knew, I was losing a strand, and the next thing I knew, that son of a bitch was coming back at me. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, Fun times. I know shit. Uh, well, shit, yeah, I, I always packed an extra rope on the freaking, on the flatbed. Oh, I know, and it makes so much sense, and I've seen so many guys do it, and it was just one of them things that I just never had the intelligence to, to pick up on myself, and I, I don't know why. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't really pick it up until I broke a rope either, so. <laughs> I think I broke three or four. And still never picked up on it. Well, you, so you're a smarter man than me, which not that saying a whole lot, but it's yeah, I can't say it. it's a big compliment. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot! You still bend over horses for a living, so that uh, underneath horses for a living, so that proves how smart you are. Like a cheap hooker, folks. Like a cheap hooker. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, shoot. Uh. I suppose I better get into myself a little bit, huh? Yeah. I think we started on bios and kind of just really went off the rails there, but that's all right. That's kind of the point. It happens. It happens, yeah. Um, So, uh, like I said, my name's Justin. I I grew up kind of bouncing back and forth between western Oklahoma and north Texas. Um, I I tell people I spent my most impressionable years in western Oklahoma, so I kind of tell people that's where I grew up. Um, bouncing around Elk City, Sayre, Eric, Oklahoma area. Um, and, and yeah, I was kind of around cows and horses and stuff growing up. Um, I had a guy that I call my papa that I actually wasn't even related to, but he had a little mom and pop, 40 head of cow type deal when I was real, real little. And, Man, it just doomed my parents. Uh, if they ever had any dreams of me being anything other than a cowboy or a farrier or, or a beer-drinking degenerate, um, man, they they picked bad childhood for me because I was fascinated with it. Um, but we moved back to North Texas um, 
shoot, when I was like 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Um, and moved to the big city of Dallas and moved like right into that son of a gun and talked about culture shock. Um, Shit. So, yeah, holy cow, man. It, it about killed me. Um, so I got, I got away from all that stuff, really. I mean, my parents were divorced. My mom stayed in Oklahoma. So I, I would go there every other weekend and in and, and the summertime. Um, but, you know, I mean, a lot of the time she was, she was single. So she's a single mom and, and working a lot. And so I'd get a job to help out and whatnot. And um, so even when I go back to Oklahoma, I just never really got to get back to that stuff. Um, just kind of a lack of opportunity, I suppose. And graduated high school and I went to Charleston State University um and decided that the first damn thing i was gonna do is get back into riding bulls um which man i had a lot of fun doing and i I don't necessarily have any regrets but there were a lot smarter things i could have done with my time um being the next world champion bull rider was not in the cards that i was dealt but i dang sure didn't give it up uh for a long time i i tried hey hey i'll i'll quote scott stafford right now oh god If you were if the if you can make a living off a six second bull rides, by God, you'd be a world champ. <laughs> over three times over. Three yeah. times over, yeah. It makes me love every time he tells that joke. I could just I could, I mean I don't know your dad really, but I could just picture him just getting a shit eating grin on his face. Oh, dude, he really like time bull riding comes up, just waiting to deliver it, no matter if he's delivered it a hundred times or five times. Yeah, he really gets that big grin, and like you can see it in his eyes. He's really revving up to take a big run at it, you know. And oh yeah, it, it's a six-second sport. That boy'd be champion of the world three times over. It's like, oh, yeah, fucking think that I sure do love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, and yeah, so I I piddled around and and did that through college and and. uh Kind of amongst all that, while I was doing all that, I kind of got back around um, some cowboys and some guys that really rode and and roped a lot and all that good stuff, and and just kind of fell back in love with it all over again. And kind of kind of no different than you, Cody. I I watched some some handy freaking guys ride around and and do some stuff. I I got a job in in Walden, Colorado. Yeah. And got got up there, and and ironically enough, that guy's name was Cody too, or coincidentally enough, I should say. Yeah. And he was, man, he was a hand, just in every sense of the word. And he's riding these horses with five rides, and you know, roping cows on them with sixty feet of rope and a slick horn. And and I was in the same boat. I had, I had no idea what a long rope versus in a slick horn versus you know, 26 foot of rope and a horn knot even meant or was about, I had, I had no idea, but I darn sure knew that guy was fun to watch and that yeah, it was not to sound cliche, but it was pretty, it was pretty to watch that guy. Oh, I mean, I totally understand what you're saying and pretty, pretty doesn't even, you know, that's doesn't even, we're just dumb, but pretty yeah. doesn't even begin to describe when you're watching just a really good hand, just Bride doing up, you know, yeah. yeah, big loop, doesn't miss, just a, a stockman and a horseman, not even a cowboy, a stockman and a horseman, you know, like, exactly. like honestly, pretty, 
pretty's not even a good word for it. It's it's just um, what my little brain comes up with. So oh, absolutely. We're, so we're gonna roll with pretty, and and I was like, holy cow, I want to be guy. That's, yeah. that, that's the guy I want to be when I ride into the Brandon pen. I want I want some eighteen year old kid that doesn't know his ass from his elbow to look at me like I'm looking at him right now. And and so I I started down uh started down that route, man. I just took every freaking job I could possibly get. Got on every horse somebody would let me touch. And God, I probably ruined a bunch of them, but I sure learned how to stick a bucking horse. Yeah. Um, and would go back to school and the fall and in the spring and rodeo and rodeo real hard. And then I rodeoed through the summers too. But man, as soon as summer was there, I was out. I was out. Yeah. Texas and I was heading for a cowboy job somewhere and got one in in southern Wyoming um right up well basically in the town of Medicine Bow we surrounded town um and graduated college and went back to that job and and worked that job for a while and and man you want to talk about the school of hard knocks it was it wasn't a big place 30,000 acres like 1200 head something like that you know and but I was the sole employee it was me I yeah, you know I had to weld and mechanic and, and rope and ride and calve and holy cow oh, yeah. talk, talk about trial by fire um no kidding and and I but I loved it man I ate it up um drank a lot of damn beer and and had a lot of rowdy times in between but man i i just i was really enjoying life um re- well i should say i was really enjoying the work that's for darn sure um yeah uh kind of got kind of got fed up with that guy though for a lot of different reasons uh shoot you and i have talked about that and it's really funny how that job you had and that job i had before uh where we met were so dang similar oh yeah um, for the folks out there that have cowboyed before, I could give you a brief little taste of what that outfit in medicine but it was like. Um, I made fifteen hundred dollars a month, and I drove my own truck and trailer and filled it up myself. So that'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, and you drive that every day. Yeah, every day. <laughs> um, so got got fed up with that, and then I went to the beginning of the end, as Cody called it, and that's where we met and. Um, shoot, we did have a lot of dang fun. We had a lot of fucking wrecks too, but we did have a lot of fun. Um, well, there's only one way to learn how to not get in wrecks, and that's getting in them. Getting in them, that's right. Um, and as far as hunting goes, I've been, I was, I guess I was spoiled halfway growing up in the south and whitetail hunting because shoot, as soon as you're old enough to or big enough, I'm not even gonna say old enough. As soon as you're big enough to pull a trigger. You got a hunter safety card, shoot, they'll they'll turn you loose in the woods. Nice. Yeah, so shoot, I think I can remember going on my first deer hunt. I was fucking four or five years old. I mean, I could literally barely remember it. Um, I got started with the whitetail hunting, um, which I'm very slowly learning. It is a skill in its own, but oh man, it doesn't touch Western big game. Um, <clears throat> yeah, compare you know, sitting in a blind and having deer feeders and stuff is oh, yeah. not exactly the same as nope. Uh, nope. It sure facing them in the high country. Yeah. About, about the only thing, uh, 
about the most complicated part of whitetail hunting for me growing up was look waking up early and early enough to drive out there and checking the wind on my way out there and picking my stand according to where the wind was coming from that was about as fucking complicated as it got yeah <clears throat> and so recently been getting into western big game and, and backpack hunting and god almighty the amount of money i've been spending on backpacking shit here lately <laughs> your wife your fiance about to kill you too Oh God, <laughs> man! I I I've been uh, taking that card out of your playbook where when you said you get yourself something cool, you just make sure you get her something too. And I'll be <laughs> that doesn't work like a fucking charm. I've been really trying. I haven't gotten anything super recently. Um, the last thing I did get, however, was uh, my Garmin, my uh, Inreach. Oh yeah. And- in my new and my new bag and my new sleeping bag, yeah. And yeah. I, was, I was just I knew they're coming and and I'm glad that where I ride Colts is right outside my back door, so I can see when the delivery man is coming. <laughs> just meet him halfway there and go. I'll 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 take those from you. Yeah. Well, she's so, she's so damn busy. She uh, she doesn't have time to freaking see who's here or not. <laughs> so I just go grab it and I got I have a little room that's. Uh, I call it my hunting room, but it really should just be called my hobby room. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I, uh, so I just grab the box and take it up there and you know, just wait for the right time to, to let it go. <laughs> I got to plan that real strategically. Um, you do? If it makes you any better, when we, uh, when I got home and, and told her that that mare sold, man, I looked at her and I was like, I'm I'm probably gonna buy my wood stove with some of that money, and she just kind of did that. Yeah. Of, of course, you are. I'm not even gonna be mad because of course you are. Yeah, it's one of those where you know you could be mad, but it doesn't stop the issue. <laughs> no, no. So, so what's the point? I think she's learning very quickly that I have a newfound addiction, and. Like many great addictions, you just can't you just can't fight it. You can't. And the one saving grace I have is Sarah is, um, and I'm sure Morgan won't be much different going forward. But Sarah loves being in the outdoors. I mean, she she would used to pack. I mean, oh, I yeah. don't pack horses or nothing. I I can ride a horse and I can start a horse. I can do a lot of cool things off a horse. I've never been around packing though. No. That is yeah, that is a cup of tea and stuff. I, me personally, I'd rather put it on my back because a pack string just looks for an unexper- inexperienced guy. A pack string just looks like a disaster waiting to happen. Oh, it looks like a great big fucking wreck coming right your way, doesn't it? Oh yeah, I mean obviously you know them experienced folk like Sarah. She don't think that. One bit, you know, she where oh, she yeah. looks it up and she's like, I don't know why you go rope that mean some bitch. That looks like a wreck waiting to happen. And you and I are like, no, <laughs> ah, no, shoot, no. You get that son of a gun laid down, grab a hold of the front foot, and he'll get roped in real fast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's and and man, she and she's always told me that she liked to hike since we got together and. Um, I'll be honest, I I didn't. When me and her first got together, I was like, if I'm not shed hunting or actually hunting, why any fuck would I go wander around, you know? Aimlessly. Um, yeah, just aimlessly. And 
and as I've been getting in shape to do this backpack hunting and hopefully this uh spring bear hunt we're talking about doing um yeah they talking about doing I'm pretty fucking committed no oh, yeah pro- probably darn sure gonna happen and uh just man it, I'll be honest hiking is a lot more fun just just hiking for the sake of hiking is a lot more fun than I than I ever would have thought it it would be and and it's a great way for her and I to spend some some quality time together because uh yeah. I, I don't ever quit fucking working so um, yeah she's coming around very 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 quickly to the idea of me going and doing a lot more of this backpack hunting and whatnot poor gal it was it was a plum surprise to her because I've always been so busy and so broke I I couldn't big game hunt and I couldn't backpack hunt and I didn't have the time or the funds for it. So I start getting all this gear and she's kind of giving me that weird look. I didn't even know you liked to hunt this much. <laughs> well, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you have to think too is like, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough. I had most of, you know, I had a good pack and you know, I bought a new pack this year just because more, I mean, I wanted that pack real bad. Oh man, that's so fucking slick. So it, it's, it's for, a slick pack. For everybody out there listening, he bought the new stone. Uh, it's the Terminus eighty seven hundred, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, weighs four pounds, eighty seven hundred cubic inches. Has the internal frame, um, so it's not the separated. The, the load shelf is inside. So when you do have, um, say you do get something in the field and you're packing it out the bag the packable bag does shrink to 6500 cubic inches which is still plenty of bag oh i mean that's i've got uh for everybody listening i've got the uh sky archer 6400 so i mean his his pack with meat in it shrinks down to what i started out with i mean you're still yeah still got a hell of a lot of pack absolutely no uh, um it's damn sure it's damn sure a big goal of mine to uh, get a be able to pack at least one spring bear out whether it's you or i and hopefully we can you know that mule deer trip we're kind of have planned hopefully we can get some mule deer in there too that's the that's the goal yeah um yeah and like i was saying um man i was fortunate enough i had a lot of the gear before i started cowboy and i feel the thing about it was is we were just we were out, we were up in the mountains for work all the time, you know, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Last thing either of us want to do is go spend our half a day on Sunday or our two freaking days off a month um, out chasing when one, you don't want to spend it out there. And two, it doesn't give you a time to actually really. No. Get go get an honest try. No, no. I mean, we we rode that country enough a horseback looking for cows. I I have no doubt if we had no goal of what we went out and shot. You know, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, shit. you're right. Yeah, especially if you want to use like a freaking forked mule deer as an example. Shit, we could have went and shot a forky every day of the week. I mean, we knew where them were at, but like, yeah spending all that time out there as it was and that little time off the last thing i wanted to do was hot footed around the mountains chasing a forky no and shoot even shit even if we wanted to you and i were smoking 
a pack every other day, damn near. Oh, and I, I don't think could have done it too well. Oh, God, no. And I was chewing a half can of Copenhagen in between that pack of smokes. And, oh, man, yeah, it was uh, – our lungs would not – would not have taken that not especially not with a damn pack on i can tell you that for sure <laughs> that's no shit <laughs> oh, so, and it's nice too you know now you know you're shooing uh, i'm starting colts i mean we like it, you and i have talked about it before it um shit like it's kind of nice to get back out there it is it absolutely with, is with a different perspective and and a different, I'm gonna I'm gonna say mission honestly. Yeah. Um, it, it was it's not a job anymore, you know. Exactly. Um, me and Cody talked about this earlier today off the air. Um, shoot, it feels like some days we're still halfway burnt out on. Oh, wow. Really prowling for cows on a horse and and going and running and roping that super wild critter down. Um. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm still burnt out on it. I, I do, like I like I told you earlier today, I, I love getting invited to a good snag and drag Brandon um, with guys that I like, but man, they don't even really want to head and heel brand too bad anymore unless I know it's going to be good guys that really handle cattle the right way. Yeah, you know, I used to – I was talking with another buddy of mine, and, um, well, you know, I'm Ken, and I was telling yeah. him, it's like I have no – anymore i have zero desire in maybe maybe it'll come back but i used to live for doctor yearlings or roping things outside oh, uh, i used to love it i mean that's that's why i got up out of bed in the morning was to go do that and um do it on a colt do it on a bro course you know teaching horses how to tie off when you're getting off of them and oh yeah just I mean, that was that was the bee's freaking knees and anymore it's shoot i if i was out in a horse and i saw a year and i mean if it was sick uh, i'd do it but shoot if i saw a wild critter just running busting fences or whatever that would be i would be head hunting for people who wanted to do it yeah yeah i'd be the first one looking a hundred dollars for whoever catches it some bitch because it won't be me <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah, and, and 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 to your point of it's kind of nice to get back out there. Man, it is. I I did miss the woods. I did. I miss the mountains and the woods and and the quiet, the, the solitude. The absolute, hundred percent. But the, God, I don't want to get back out there to chase a damn cow again. I have zero desire to ever go chase cows around in it again. Um, oh, shoot! I I think the only. I still look to do any day work is just because I get so tired of standing underneath the horse sitting on one really bad. Uh, I don't blame you, man. It, it, it's nice to get on top of one every now and again when you when you spend 14, 15 days in a row getting underneath them. It is, it is. And, and the thing about day work, and, um, too, is, man, if they got crappy cattle and it's not fun and I'm not – enjoying the woods and the solitude and and the working on my horse i'll never have to go back fuck them fuck them i ain't answering that phone call yeah i just won't answer that phone number no more your cattle are fucking wild and, and i'm not doing that no more 
another thing that I, I do enjoy about day working uh, is uh, the, the lack I – I don't know how to word this, but there's almost no responsibility on you as a day worker. Oh, the lack of pressure. Lack of pressure. There we go. Yeah. You just – you're just there to – I mean, you're almost darn near there to just be a body and have a good time, and that's that's Damn all near. expect out of you. Exactly. Um, they don't expect you to to be the first one shagging a loop and and over and under in your horse, and you know, and all that. And shoot, most of the time, if you are the first guy to do that, you know, you dang near have to turn your phone off to get them to quit calling you. Yeah, no kidding. I well, unless I mean, anymore, I just I don't. I just I suck at roping anymore, so <laughs> I'm not gonna be the one doing that. But I mean, it almost yeah. that's how day working is, you know. You just oh, I mean, obviously, I yeah. If I go day work, I just unless it's for some folks that you know I really do enjoy. I mean, I I'll work for some buddy ours, you know, down in Boulder for free all day long. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I mean, for if I'm just day working, shoot, I'm just I'm not gonna. If I have to break out of a trot for any reason, I ain't coming back. <laughs> back and, and I have to agree with you. Unless I decide to break out of a trot to work and school on my horse a little bit, I'll be honest, the likelihood of me coming back is not, not real great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get things happen, especially pairs. You know, calves maybe want to run back, shit like that. You and I have dealt with so many runbacks that, oh, man, man, I almost say I don't want to. If you're moving pairs, I don't want to be around there. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got, and maybe some, maybe some folks would call us weak-hearted, and I could really give a shit because when you've chased as many runbacks down as we have, and you're using your hobbles and your belt, and you're cutting chunks of your freaking rope off to tie them down because you're out of tie strings and. You're driving pickups around, man. That's not fucking fun. I don't care who you are. That's just not a good day. Not fun. And yeah, those cows were just so bad. I mean, those cows were just calf leaving. Sons oh, of bitches. I mean, really. Head in the air and leaving country. By God. You know, and I think there's ways to fix it. I think those cows are probably too far gone. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as soon as, and but and those cows were, I mean, shit, they were running some old cows. I think they may still be, but, um, Probably. I mean, it was, I mean, they've been like that since I stepped. I mean, we tried to tune on them, you and I, and me and the guy Cole before you were there. Yeah, we did good, and then it was just a lack of uh, not everybody working on the same page throughout the whole outfit. Um, it you was. know. Yeah, it absolutely was. We we wanted different things than than everybody else on the crew. And when you know, when only two fifths of the crew, two sixths of the crew, wants the same thing, and everybody else wants something different, well, it's just not really going to go real well. And you're going to have a lot of shit going on in a lot of different places at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot those cows. I mean. I don't care who you are. Them, them cows would see a horse, and I mean, they aren't sure to get out of country. They just sometimes forget their calf with them too. Yeah. <laughs> it it seemed like they either did that or they darn near kill your fucking dog. 
Oh, there is a lot of dog fighting sons of guns on that outfit. Yeah, it, and it didn't seem like there were very many cows that were in between, you know. There was, yeah, not really, you know. I mean, <laughs> you get a couple, get a couple tired ones in the drag that uh, start to act right. Yeah. Yeah, but that's about it. But when we, man, when we would first hit the pasture to start to gather, it seemed like one or two things happened. Uh, or I should say, it seemed like cows did one of two things, and there was no in-between. They either fucking head up in the air and are covering some fucking country, whether it's the right direction or not, whether they got a calf or not, or, man, they were standing right over that son of a gun, and fuck with me, I dare you. Oh, yeah, that was... Yeah, I wouldn't get their calf and go, and sometimes, yeah, some of them are so bad. I mean, shoot, your dog could have been 20 yards behind you, and you're riding up on that thing, and that cow is just so worried about fighting other than just getting and going. God, I mean, shoot, we would try and tell our dogs to lay down and stay and push on them, and they'd still just sit there and be ducking and diving and staring at your dog, you know, and you you almost feel like you're trying to put on a damn cutting show just to get this bitch quit looking at a dog. Yeah, that's no kidding. Um, um, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, yeah, it was just, I mean, a lot of those cows have just been so far gone from so many years of people just opening gates and not, not moving them, you know, just letting them move themselves. That, yeah, yeah, it was it was ingrained into that herd. There's just oh, I mean, I think the last 15 years, it's probably been like that. And fuck, those, I mean, and I, yeah, we'll say uh, I moved. We moved probably like twenty five or thirty. It was me and Cole, and and I can't describe anybody. Well, I'll just say this: Cole's probably the handiest all around guy I've I've ever rode with. I mean, been to, there, done that, and just great. To, and, to folks, I'll tell you that when when Cole said that a colt I started was a really nice, good riding around son of a gun. And I was fucking tickled pink. I was standing 10 foot tall and bulletproof when I heard that that man complimented a colt I started. Uh, yeah. Just a, fucking, exactly. just a fucking hand. Exactly. And uh, and we moved, it had to have been 20 or 25 pair. And it got, it got so bad. So, like, I don't know how, I mean, you think about it, and it's only 25, 30 pair. And, and you can draw it up any way you want to. I, I don't know what happened, but this guy was one of the handiest guys I've ever seen, and I've been fortunate to see a lot of handy guys. Yeah. I wasn't as handy as I had gotten, but I, I wouldn't say I was uh, a no-hand either, you know. Um, I darn sure got a lot. I improved after that a lot, um, but I wouldn't say I didn't know anything either is what I'm trying to get at. And right. that – 25 to 30 head had both of us so fucking mad. I like, that was the first time I had been so mad. I just like could not talk like at all. I was like so mad. I couldn't talk. I couldn't hardly do anything. And Cole just looked at me and he's like, first time, huh? I'm like, <laughs> look, oh, what? First time? He's like, you'll never forget your first time. I was like, first time what? The first time you get so mad at cows that you just can't fucking talk. <laughs> uh, I, like, I mean, just I mean, just an example. I mean, thirty pair, one of the handiest guys I've ever seen, and me and 
Um, fuck, and they took us through a fucking loop. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it was frustrating. That's like me. It's like, fuck, uh, if I can avoid young pairs, I will damn sure avoid young pairs. Yeah, that's funny, and it's so fucking true because I can remember my first time, too, and, and I'll probably never forget it. Um, <laughs> um, not to get too far uh, down the rabbit hole per se, but god dang it, I was trying to uh, pair, I was trying to pair out my, my calving pasture, you know, bump, bump, yeah. for those listening that may be a little more on the hunting side than the cowboy oh, side, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, bump cows and calves over to the next pasture, um, a cow and her calf. And so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to pair out this pasture and I, man, there was five, there's five. I was by myself and I had a dog and there's four gates in from this pasture into the next one and I've got two of them open so I don't even have to hit one specifically and I man I shit you not I chased them damn pairs around so hard and felt like such a freaking gunsel I had tears in my eyes man like I cried over it I felt like a no good gunsel son of a gun oh yeah and I I took I'll never forget I finally went <sighs> I took a great big chew, and I went to the fucking house. Best thing you could probably do. Best thing you could do is just quit. Start again. Yep, try again the next day, because, man, when them cows get that way, you're not going to beat them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, So, got one to get get back, kind of get back to the podcast that you want. So, uh. What do you think? The I mean, I have my opinions, but what's your opinion on? Because you got a lot of cowboys that like to hunt, that really do like to hunt. Absolutely. What do you think? What do you think is the biggest? I mean, I'll say the biggest buttonheads of your typical cowboy and your hardcore hunter, public oh, land hunter. Oh man, that one, that one's absolutely. It's it's so easy. So well, I mean that's kind of a two part. Both of them are easy though. So you know, um, I mean that that ranch me and Cody worked together was in a very 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 primo elk unit. No oh, trophy elk unit. For people listening and familiar with Montana, it was in three eighty. Yeah. Um, huge bowls all time. Tons yeah. of elk. Just just a very quick side note. I promise I'll get back to it. I I was gonna say one of the one of the honest to god best things that ever come out of that ranch well two best things not sound like a cliche obviously is my friendship with you um but number two i I think that's a big place where my fascination for western big game started i got to see bear down in the river bottom and also up in the high country um yeah i forgot about that black bear we've seen in the river oh yeah and for me growing up in Oklahoma, I'll be honest, I'll never forget that sight, that sucker coming up. And he was a mangy looking fucking thing. It was the middle of summer and it's hot shit. Yep. Like, comes up out of the river and just blowing water off of him and just getting it. Man, it was one of the coolest damn things I've ever seen in my life. And, and got to pick up these, you know, freaking 300 plus inch elk sheds. sheds. Trophy sheds. Yeah, 100 50 to 180 inch mule deer sheds and man i i will say that that was a safe 
base of that ranch per se is I, I think it's a big place where my my fascination for for big game came from but to answer your uh your question um working on that ranch it was leased the hunting rights were leased out to an outfitter so there were guys who would come and hunt it and i'm sure they paid a shit pile of money to do it um, oh yeah and and on private ground as a cowboy the thing we always butted heads with them guys on and the and the outfitter we had really wasn't that bad um, his guys weren't bad the outfitter was a fucking he was a gunsel i could have punched him in the face but regardless <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly you're, you're, you're right the guides were good guys uh, great guys I, I actually don't think i ever got to meet the outfitter himself but but anyway yeah. um, i mean i drank beer with his guys they always had coolers of beer i'd always tell them where the elk were but as soon as he the owner who was benefiting me helping his guides came around that him and i he would always he pulled over and would pretend to talk on the phone every time he seen me oh what a fucking asshole <laughs> oh man irritate the shit out of me yeah um and those and those guides were good, but it did happen every now and again. Was guys leaving fucking gates open? Of course. Yep, that's true. Guys just fucking and and I can remember one that we had a fucking we literally had a sign on it that said "Please close the gate," and and it went up to public ground, so it was not just the guys who outfitted our ranch that that went through that gate. But during hunting season, you could not keep that fucking gate closed. Even oh yeah. On it. That said, please close gate. Yep. And and I'm sure you know exactly which metal green gate I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, there's another wire one. There's a couple wire ones on the Johnny Gulf side that we always had, please oh. close gates on it. Yeah. Fuck. I mean. Son of a gun, which, I mean, there was some big damn elk over there. I, I'm sure there was a lot of hunters running around, but holy shit, how do you not see a sign that literally says, please close the gate, and you don't? Yeah. Um. So so as as a cowboy on the cowboy side of things, that definitely would just fucking rub me red, man. And there was that time you and I come across the fence cut, and that sure fucking had me pretty hot. Yeah, that did happen. Um, and that's more of a trespassing type deal, and uh, yeah, that that'll darn sure irritate a guy real quick, fast, and in a hurry when he's out fencing and is getting ready to put some cows in there and he has to stop taking an extra hour or two out of his fucking day to literally put every fucking strand back together. And, yeah. And it was at a post. They were cut at a post in the exact same place, all four wires. It was fucking yeah. cut. It was cut. It was cut. Yeah, it was damn sure cut. I, I remember that wreck. I was pretty damn upset when I seen that too. And Yeah, you know, and I think where we were at – um I don't know if it was public knowledge. I'm pretty positive it is. I mean, any sort of research um, ranch we worked on was out of state owned. You know, it was big money out of state owned. Yeah, it was. So, and so you get all these people who, um, you know, well, I'm a public landowner. I'm yada, yada, yada. And this is an, I'm a native Montanian. And this guy, fuck, he don't even live in Montana. He just got a, you know, they're thinking he's probably just got a tax write-off with, you know, 90,000 acres, 100,000 acres. Yeah. And so they don't give a shit. No. When, they think they're hurting that guy by going and poaching a bull. And what they don't realize was that they were hurting us by taking time out of our day to fix what they fucked up. And exactly. 
and and the guides that I met were good guys, so I'm going to bring them up too, and that they were hurting them guides, and that that was one less bull that them guys could provide for their family by guiding somebody on to. Yeah. Um, so, I think yeah, that's almost more of a hunter perspective, per se, but no, I agree with you. No, and it's tough, too, and it's – and what it comes down to anymore, too, is – um you know, like Montana, it, it's it's grown in population even in the last ten years. Oh fuck um, it. You know, I mean, it's it it's it's growing like crazy. People are looking to get outdoor recreational, but people ain't willing to get out of their fucking pickups and side besides and put on 30, 40 miles. Yep. I mean, I'm not saying that there's a there's some areas where you just can't put on that many miles, but there are a lot of areas you still can. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like for those listening, I live in Chino Valley, Arizona, and and as much as I am really, really loving backpack hunting, I I'm not gonna go put thirty miles on. I just won't. I'll hit a. I'll probably damn near hit a town. You know. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, you just can't. Um, and if you don't hit a town, you'll goddamn sure hit eighty-five two tracks that dudes they're buzzing down side by sides on so yeah no shit um but but like cody said in in places like montana you you can you can still do that yeah i mean it's still i mean it's getting tougher and tougher but i mean you still can yeah absolutely um but i mean if you ain't willing to get off your side out of your side your side or out of your pickup and walk i mean I, I think that's where people just hate all these ranches and shit it's like oh well they're taking a bunch of my hunting ground stuff it's like well find different hunting ground man don't be afraid to change like diversify your plan up a little bit absolutely absolutely and i i was i was literally gonna say um as a as a as a cowboy i could also kind of touch on like guys getting upset that we had forest service ground and stuff like that and we had cows on there and oh I, yeah you know when we were cowboy and whatnot i i'd have told them guys to pound fucking sand and honestly probably still kind of would um yeah this mule deer i got on this season was right in the middle of a herd of cows cows ain't gonna stop you if you're not a fucking wuss yeah yeah that's not, i mean obviously uh i think cows will eventually drive deer out of maybe certain areas but i mean it's yeah. a freaking cow they fucking chicken shit. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think you're absolutely right. But I think then you're starting to get into overgrazing and and um, over yeah. overstocking and and issues like that that don't even just cause issues for the wildlife. If I mean, if you're doing that to the point where wildlife's vacating the area, you're about to run that pasture into the ground. You're not a very fucking smart guy. No, you ain't. And I mean, I, and you know. Yeah, it's exactly right. And I think that's what a lot of hunters also don't realize is uh, you got to gra- you gotta graze that shit. I mean, there's a lot of places, even in high-density animal areas, that they just are not going to graze what needs to be. A- they're not going to graze the healthy grazing amount that, you know, a herd of cows will or a herd of yeah. yearlings. Or- and, and they graze different things. Exactly. Um- they they graze entirely different species most most often than not than especially to, to narrow it this specific mule deer in arizona eat entirely different things than cattle in arizona do they do not oh, even man. graze the same things i can imagine 
um deer down here um i mean it's a lot of woody woody type vegetation and forbs and stuff um that they're eating on and and they don't even want nothing to do with that yellow grass and and cows around here are eating a lot of the yellow grass and and they're um you know they're they're eating a lot of the the stuff low to the ground that's not real woody and um packing as much punch um as some of them like oak brush and stuff like that that the deer yeah oh i mean and for the sake of fire like like cody's saying folks you gotta fucking graze it man um that that saying you taught me while i was up there with you cody what what was it graze it log it or watch it burn yeah oh man i love that saying and it's it i mean i'm sure it's pretty common i mean it's pretty common up here but i mean it's it's the truth i mean you have to the thing about it is 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 ranchers with forest service lease ranchers loggers and even the recreational users of forest um service land they all got to realize and it's not it each one of them has got to realize that it's a team if you know Absolutely. It takes a team to maintain a healthy forest. It does. It absolutely does. It, you know what I mean? I mean, and I feel like the ranchers and loggers are willing to work on it. And I feel like that's where a lot of the clash from a lot of these hardcore public land guys, you know what I mean? Like they don't want to see cows. They don't want to see loggers. And, and they, they think it's taken away from the wildlife and, and don't realize what a benefit it it can be and 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 i've come across you know cowboys and stuff that you know it go it goes both ways i've met cowboys oh, yeah. ranchers that you know wish that somebody would come and shoot every fucking deer and elk off of their place because they think it's taking feed away from their cows and what they don't realize is how much benefit that ground and that forest is getting from that wildlife and opening ground up and opening up the feed that your cows want to eat Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you can't. I mean, there's obviously a point into where the wildlife is just overrun, and there's points where you can put way too much cattle on it. But I mean, if you're, if you run it respectively, it's a, you need everything. It's an ecosystem. It is. It absolutely is. And, and I, and I don't necessarily want to say you could make everybody happy. Who doesn't want more? I mean, who doesn't want more big elk to shoot? Or if you're a cowboy or a rancher. Who doesn't want more cows, you know, putting more money in your pocket? So I'm not going to necessarily say you could sit there and actually you could legitimately make everybody happy because you just fucking can't. There will always be somebody that wants more. But by God, you darn near could. You darn near could just make everybody happy if everybody would mm-hmm. that. It's an ecosystem and all parts of it are important. There's not one one part any less important than the other. Oh, no. I tell you a hot topic we could probably talk about that's a really good example of something that can be very very beneficial with management is is wolves oh I mean hot topic <laughs> topic between cowboys and hunters both whether you like to do both or you do one or the other oh man get a guy talking about wolves and, and honestly I think wolves are a great thing with proper management yeah, I mean, I don't – there is scientific facts that you can't look at and deny that wolves are wolves are vital. You Wolves are vital. 
Wolves will um, improve the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, there's like I said, there's data. There's, I mean, so many different things where you can look at. I mean, I mean, wolves help everything from. I mean, the thing that's just popping in my head right now is uh, fisheries. Wolves help fisheries tremendously. Really? See, I- they do. See, the problem is. Yeah, they will. You take if you have too much elk. Say you have a, too much elk, and just think it'll make super sense. I'm just gonna su- super simplify it right now. All these elk coming down to the river. What's gonna happen to the bank? It's gonna erode. It's gonna get all that shit. Put some wolves in there. Handle some elk. Manage it more than humans can. Less elk. More shady sh- banks. More overgrown banks, so the trout have places to go and breed. And all that stuff. You bet, absolutely. And and for for everybody listening, honestly, I could have made I could have just as easily made this podcast called the Punchy Fisherman because me and Cody sure do like to get out there with a fly rod in our hand and and catch some trout. And I'm sure most cowboys are hunters. Um, to I mean, to some degree, you gotta if you like to do one of those two things or both, you gotta like to fish. Um, oh yeah. So that's that is super neat, man. I did I legitimately did not think of that or know that. Um, yeah. none of the studies or, or data I've ever looked at about wolves talked about the impact of them on a fishery and, and man, that's fucking neat. And just another example of how with, and, and wolves gotta be fucking managed. They do, they will overrun that son of a gun and they will kill a lot more shit than you want them to kill. If you don't. Well, manage- and see, and that's another thing too, is, is, uh, the biggest issue with wolves is just how damn smart they are. Oh, fucking A, they are some smart, smart critters. Yeah, and, you know, I really think, I really wish the, um, you know, I don't know what government agency it is that takes, I can't remember off the top of my head. I do wish they would help with livestock kills more than what they do. Um, and maybe they have, I haven't, I, bet, I haven't really looked into it in the last three years. You know, maybe there's been something, but I haven't seen anything, so I don't think so. Um, I mean, you take a big ranch, uh, what are the odds you're going to walk up on a kill within the 24 hour kill mark? I mean, slim to none. Oh, I mean, unless, unless you're running a mom and pop size place and and you know exactly how many fucking head of cows you have, which I mean, obviously every outfit should probably know how many fucking head of cows they have, but, but you get, yeah, Yeah, I know what you're saying. And it's a small enough place that you're putting your eyes on them cows all the fucking time. And man, you just know right fucking off that one's missing. Like you said, how on God's green earth are you gonna come across that son of a gun in twenty four hours? With within four or five days, a lot of the time. I mean, shoot. Um, I can think times that we would go cake up in the Forest Service, you know, and I had no fucking idea if every cow come out of the woods to get some cake. I hope so. No, I, am. I darn sure did my best to drive around and kill time and honk that horn as much as I possibly could um, to give all them cows ample time to hear me and come too but fuck i couldn't tell you if they were all there there could have been 50 up there yeah exactly i'd have had no fucking idea until we gathered that pasture and got a count on them yeah and and that's just the way it was too yeah so i mean you do that and then you know wolves train their pups without killing an animal i mean they'll go on a bunch of yearlings and train them and then you got a whole group of herd of cows that are stressed losing weight getting weight ran off them i mean i mean that's money in your pot that's money just might as well just throw out throw away 
Yeah, petrified, won't step out and find feed. And... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't get me wrong. There, There's scientific facts that wolves are a necessity to the ecosystem. Um, I think Montana, as far as the lower 48, probably has the best. Um, as far as getting people out there and shooting and having the ability to trap and shoot wolves and getting tags and things like that, I'd say in the lower 48, it's probably one of the better states. It's I, in my opinion, it, Cody, uh, as a non-resident, uh, as a as a resident, I should say, in a state that doesn't have wolves. So if I ever want a chance to shoot one, I'm I'm looking at non-residency type stuff. You know, I could darn sure yeah. my research. It is the best. It's it's not. Yeah is the best um as a non-residence for 52 bucks a pop i can get five wolf tags um to harvest with a bow or rifle and i can get five more to trap i can there take, you go as a non-resident i can take 10 wolves in a year um i could not trap all 10 or i could not shoot all 10 you have to split it 50 50 yeah theoretically I I it, yeah was at 52 bucks a pop yeah and uh, yeah, that's not bad at all. And, and as with as much management hunting and tags that they give, you know, over the counter. Um, I mean, there's still so many wolves. I mean, there just is. They're just so, they're so goddamn smart. God, oh, they are. They're so freaking smart. You just you just don't see them. You just see them. Well, they're elusive buggers. I mean, I I've spent a lot of. T- I mean, I've heard them countless times hunting. And just being out, I've heard I've heard more wolves than I've ever seen. I've only laid eyes um, on one wolf, and it was ghost white. It was and just huge. I I couldn't believe what I just saw. I thought I saw a damn polar bear. Oh, yeah. crying out loud. man! But, I, um, I I saw one jump across the road in Walden, Colorado, and this was a long time ago. And not to be that guy, but God damn it, I will be. I saw a wolf in Walden, Colorado before there were supposed to be wolves in Colorado, and they had confirmed it. And I mean by like three years. Oh, I believe it. And it well, was the biggest yeah, dog I've ever seen in my fucking life. And it was almost jet black with like a lot of gray peppered into it. And yeah. I was coming home from a rodeo with the gal that I was dating at the time. And, um, man, I actually got lucky that I saw the son of a guy. It's the only one I've ever seen. Um, it was late. I had, I had asked her to drive cause I was sleeping. Uh, I was really, really tired. And of course I had to get up and, and do a bunch of fucking ranch work the next day. And so I asked her to drive for a little bit so I could sleep and I woke up. Uh, when we turned onto the dirt road to head back to the ranch and I shit you not it was within the first five minutes I was awake that son of a gun jumped across the road and I about shit yeah yeah Yeah, between wool you know going back to your statement uh, getting people on the same side of things I think wolves and I'd say especially in Montana and you know, I'd go out on a whim and say Idaho and Wyoming are probably in the same boat. Uh, grizzly bears. Oh, G-bear. Man. That is, uh, yeah, talk about another hot topic, man. We're either going to have, this first episode is either probably going to get us a lot of a lot of listeners for a first episode, or we're going to have a lot of people really not like us. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I, I've been not liked by a lot of people before, so 
we've been not liked by a lot of people together a whole bunch of times. Yeah, so I, I, that's fine by me, but that doesn't bother me none. But yeah, them them G bears, that is a hot topic, and and I'm gonna defer to you because I I haven't done much research into it. Man, I think I think there needs to be a season on them. I think they need to start handing. I don't. I'm not saying they need over the counter tags, but I mean, if you're not going to do over the counter, you need to do. You need to have a pretty good draw odds tag for them gri- Grizzlies because it is. I mean, they're getting overran. Um, I remember fresh out of high school, first year out of high school, and we're talking. I, I graduated Missoula, and I had some friends of mine. We were all in the bear hunt. We could go anywhere within a half hour of one of the biggest cities in Montana and find a G bear. Yeah. And we, I mean, they're just everywhere. They, uh, I'm not saying we don't need them. Same thing with wolves. I'm not saying that get them out of here for good. Yeah. Not saying there shouldn't be none at all, but yeah. Yeah. Any, any predator has to be managed. Um, yeah, and especially especially in Montana too. I mean, I touched earlier how Montana's grown. There's a lot more recreational people out here. Um, I mean, shoot, you you hear about numerous grizzly attacks all the time, and I'm not saying it, the it's all the grizzlies' fault. I mean, there are a lot of idiots oh, out in the woods too. There are there are a lot of idiots running around. That's for darn sure. But, I mean, I've heard stories of people, you know, grizzlies are just everywhere. And, yeah, I heard stories. I'll tell you, yeah, it's not my story, but I know a guy and his friend, they were out hunting. And it's been years ago um, in the by the Ruby, kind of southwestern Montana. And um, they found a grizzly bear. And they walked to the fish and game office. And we're like, hey, we just spotted a grizzly. And. And they were like, oh, no, there's there's no grizzlies out here. And I said, well, I'll show you a map. And they had a map there and um, walked up to the map. He's like, oh, well, you see where you have it highlighted in this area right here? They're like, yeah, he's like, right smack dab in the middle. And the fact that that's highlighted, you guys probably knew there was a couple in there. And I guess all their faces just turned, you know, bright red and just <laughs> blushing. Oh, like, yeah. kind of did that, oh, shit. <laughs> Yep. Like, oh shit, we just got busted. <laughs> We've been had. Fuck. Yeah. None. But there's so many grizzlies everywhere. I mean, so many grizzlies. I mean, the place where we're gonna go bear hunting, odds are this year. I mean, it's oh. bear country, and there's a lot of G bears in there. Oh yeah. No, I and and I'm getting uh, that bino harness holster I sent you the other day. Which, by the way, I'm I'm glad that's the one that you. You texted me back about because that's the one I was hoping you'd see. I mean, I'm going to get that son of a gun because, God damn it, you got to have a pistol and you got to have it easily accessible. Um, Absolutely. God forbid. I, I mean, you damn right. I'm going to – you didn't always leave two for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely, man. Um, and, and and I don't even have a ton of bear experience, and I just know that you just don't fuck with them them G-bears. And, and I could tell you – um, like I said, I haven't done a whole bunch of research on them. Like I have wolves. Um, I I just think shooting a wolf would be the coolest fucking thing to ever happen to me. So I've actually done quite a bit of reading on them and stuff. Uh, but I haven't done that there. Um, but I can tell you as a as a farrier living in Arizona, so no longer even in the state of Montana, I've heard about 
grizzly bear attacks in the last year than I heard about in the 18 months I spent in that state. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that it's was, getting, I mean, there's, there's just grizzly bear. There's grizzlies wherever you go anymore. As yeah. far as, you know, in the Rocky mountain range, I mean, you don't kind of find a freaking G bear and good old Glen dive, but yeah. <laughs> Or, uh, or uh, what was that fucking town? Weibo. You, you're not yeah, going to you're going to find G-Bear and Weibo. <laughs> I don't know what in the hell I was thinking driving six and a half hours to get on a goddamn ranch bronc, but, you know. By God, you're determined. I was determined. I was just I was riding bucking horses at work and just riding bucking horses for fun, and I was riding real good, and I was just determined to get on more bucking horses. Uh, yeah. And you did. And I did, and I did, for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> it all fine, though. Yeah. Um, no, I just think you got you to gotta manage predators. And, and I think that's this is one of those topics where, where cowboys and hunters could come together. You got to. I think so. You got to manage predators, man. And, and I think they're good for the ecosystem. I think you need to have some. But you can't just turn your freaking hands up and be like, oh, well, we're just, you know. Yeah, you can't let them run amok. No, at at one point we didn't have any, so we're just going to not do nothing about them at all. I don't think that's smart. I think that's pretty piss poor, I don't know, management, game planning, whatever you want (laughs) to do. Man, I tell you what, I was up in Glacier one time and doing a family hike. We, We used to do this. It was like a 12-mile A to B hike. You parked down low, uh, like halfway up to go into the Sun Road and Glacier. You went to the top of Logan Pass, walked through, scaled the whole big bowl and dropped down. And it it was a cool hike. And one year we went there. Fuck, we were going. There's a pile of us. I mean, and it's Glacier. There's just, I'm sure you can get by yourself in Glacier. This trail was not one where you really got by yourself. Um, but man, there's this road. What's that? I said I've heard about the Sun Road. I can only imagine. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, so there's a group of us, two people from two or three people went from Washington. There, we let them pass us because we weren't breaking any land speed records by any means. <laughs> and, uh, all of a sudden, they come, they come walking back. We're like, "What's up?" And they're like, "There's a bear on the trail." And these kids, I mean, they're from Washington, and they were not from. I don't know. I think they're just out here on vacation. I can't, I'm not trying to judge, but from what I remember, they were not real super outdoorsy people, but they were giving it their all. <laughs> and, um, like, what kind of bear? They're like, we don't know. A big bear? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. That sounds like something I'd have said my first couple months on that on that outfit if I had to run into one back to you. Yeah. I know it was big though yeah and uh so my cousin was like all right whatever and my cousin is kind of the one who took me under his wing with hunting um anyways and he walked up came back and he's like well they weren't wrong it was a big bear you're like oh shit he's like yep it's a big old g bear you're like oh god it's so like all right so we get everybody like hey just just make some noise it's you it's used to people i mean i know grizzly still can be aggressive but we're just gonna wait for it to go up a little bit and we're gonna just we're just gonna go yep. like not much we knew we're making a lot of fucking noise we're in a national park cousin my cousin was his kid was pretty damn young at the time probably like 
uh, I guess two years old, year and a half, two years old. So he was in a backpack deal, you know. Yeah. My cousin sat down, zips it, grabs his ten millimeter out, and I was like, I don't know if that's allowed in national park, but I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was funnier and shit. And uh, that around in a national park, but I. I'd have to say I'd have been in the same boat as you. Yeah. <laughs> got that sucker. Yeah. And so we start making noise and going. And it probably wasn't very far off the trail. I'd say 100 yards, not very far. But we we're making noise. And I looked up and this fucking bear looked over this rock. And holy shit. That was so, that face on that bear was just fucking huge. Now I've been to Alaska and I've seen some pretty big bears, but up until then, that was the closest I've ever been to a G bear. I've been pretty, I've been pretty close to black bears, but that was the first encounter, close encounter with a G bear. And I was like, oh my God, that thing is giant. Like they are so big. It's, it's amazing how much bigger they are than a black bear. And, and I can tell that just from watching bear hunts and, and videos and things like that. I, I'd never seen one in person. And, um, when me and Cody go on this spring bear hunt, um, here in a couple months, I, I sure hope I don't shit my pants and tuck tail and run the first one we see. I, I, I hope I hold my composure and make you proud. No, you will. <laughs> Cause God dang it. You just hear that they're fucking huge. Yeah. Even, I mean, obviously there's some smaller ones, but I mean, for the most part, they are just big bears. Oh God. Sounds like it. And you, you can't, you can't have a predator that big and that dang mean. And, and by all accounts, everything I've ever heard about grizzly bears, everybody I've ever talked to or, or listened to on a podcast or watched on a hunt says that they're just kind of like people. Some of them are easy going, get along, gander oh, off on their own. And some of them are just flat out mean bastards. That's so true too. Um, Don't want shit to do. You know, you respect its space. It's going to respect yours. And the other ones are just fucking assholes. If they, it almost, it, it almost sounds like some of them, some of them just real asshole bears, man. If, if, if they lay their eyes on you, they might be coming after your ass. Yeah, I've I've heard of that. I mean, I think there was a guy. I think he was south of Bozeman. It's been a couple of years now, but I think he saw a, saw a bear, and it was a ways away, and it just came right after him and tore his face up to shreds. He, I don't mean guys had either just been tougher and shit, and adrenaline rushing, or a combination of both, because he recorded himself with half his face hanging out from underneath his goddamn beanie. I remember you showing me that shit. Yeah. I forgot about that, man. That was wild. Yeah. Like I said, that's either the toughest human being walking the face of the earth, or he's so jacked up on adrenaline he could have picked up a Mack truck. Uh, and who knows? It probably was a combination of both, too. Yeah. All I can say is I ain't too confident. If I, if I got my face beat up like that by a grizzly, I'd be walking. I mean, I'd like to think. I would be, but <laughs> yeah, you you sure like to think that you're that tough, but fucking a, you almost don't want to find out either. I don't want to find out. That's for damn sure. I sure would rather find out a whole lot of different. I'd rather arm wrestle your big ass than find out that way. Fucking a, that's no kidding. <laughs> uh, shoot, yeah, it's a uh, 
it's it's crazy i i remember they caught that one on the on the trail camera while you and i were working together and and kind of making a big deal out of it and um because i guess there hadn't been too many in the boulder valley before and well there hadn't really been any at all but rumor was and it could have just been all hearsay yada bullshit but rumor was those bull mountains and the elk mostly them bull mountains the way they run and shut it was the last stretch corridor to have grizzlies continuously from yellowstone to glacier oh yeah i remember i remember you guys talking about that now um yeah shoot i think it was like right when they caught that one on on camera yeah and and some the the folks we were working for uh got to talking about how it was real uncommon for one to become a resident i guess per se of that. yeah we're almost always headed to new country yeah and man g bears can flat out cover country which is you know, you look at one, they're so big and lumbering and look like they'd be slower than molasses, but it's amazing how fast some fuckers run. Man, it is. Man, for some reason, I want to say there was a story where uh, they caught one when I was pretty young, and uh, they caught one in Missoula at the dump, and they took it somewhere, and it had a collar on her and stuff, and a tractor, and man, I want to say she put on 26 miles in a night. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. That's um, some Ryan Lamper shit right there. Yeah, it is. Which, if anybody out there could hike like a fucking grizzly bear kid, it would be Ryan Lampers. I'd assume so. I don't know him, but from seeing his listening to his podcast and watching those videos, uh, dude, uh, he might he might be part bear. No, uh, dude, he he honestly might be. If he's not part bear, he's damn sure like part mountain goat. The shit yeah. that guy hikes up into to kill big deer, and that's why he kills big deer. And kills big bears where a lot of other guys don't. Um, God almighty, you're just like, how in the hell did you get up there? Yep. <laughs> That's no kidding. And and for, for those listening, that guy's kind of, ah, he's kind of like our idol right now, right? You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's the hunting version of that guy just riding that super nice fancy spade bit horse and and just working that rope and, and working that horse and almost like an art, you know what I mean? He, oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's kind of the hunting version of that. and um, Just masters at their craft. Absolutely. Masters at work, and, and you can just tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy, he's either part bear or part mountain goat. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that's no shit. Um, that's no shit. Well, shoot, we just hit the 90-minute mark. Uh, I don't know what you think. You got anything more you want to talk on, or you want to wrap it up? Man, I got nowhere to be. Um, I don't got a whole lot to talk on right now. I mean, we can uh, we kind of end it and kind of, you know, make a plan for a next episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Works for me. I, I think we I think we covered uh, – quite a bit of cowboying and quite a bit of hunting so i i i'd say this is probably a good first episode man um shoot really appreciate you coming on and helping me absolutely get uh i figure figure one of my best friends good way to start you know guy you're, com- guy you're comfortable talking the and shooting the shit with um no kidding and 
whatnot. And, and, um, so yeah, I, we'll just kind of wrap things up and, um, hopefully be, be putting out a, another episode here for too long. Shoot. I, I almost would like to do one a week at least, you know? Um, and, um, I, I got to do this while you're online or, or it finishes the recording, but, um, I'm going to give a, a shout out to, um, that Tuffy Graham over at You Can't See This From The Road. That guy really gave me the push and the knowledge to, uh, to make this happen. And, and I sure appreciated it a whole bunch. And, and he's a, yeah, and if you haven't, if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's a, it's a darn good one. It is, it is. It's, uh, it's pretty well all cowboy and, and that's for darn sure. It's, uh, you can't see them from the road and he's a Canuck and he talks just like one and he's as friendly as every other Canuck you ever met in your life. And, and man, he's, he's a hoot to listen to and, and he has great guests on all the time. Um, and I really appreciate him giving me the push and the knowledge to make this happen. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, shoot. I, I told Cody, I said, I, I think I almost talked about doing this while we were working together. And that was three years ago. I talked to one. Damn sure I did talk about it. Yeah. Um, so been a long time coming for me and, um, I'm excited, excited for, for what the future holds. And, um, and Cody, um, in the event that anybody just thought you were the bee's freaking knees, man. Um, which I mean, I sure think you are. I don't think you don't have Instagram anymore, do you? Um, so it would probably what just be just be TikTok they could find you on Facebook. There he is. I don't know what just happened there. Oh, did I lose you there for a second? Yeah, I think so. But heck, that's all right. Oh, that'll happen. I was just uh, I was just saying for anybody who thought you might be the the bee's knees. Um, you know where where could folks find you? TikTok, Facebook, right? I got TikTok, and yeah, I got a um, TikTok's just Cody Mintier. If you search that, I'm sure it pop up. Uh, Facebook page I got for Colt starting is called S Lazy K Ranch Horses. And shoot, that's about it for social media these days. I don't really do a whole lot of anything else, and I should. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> probably should i'm i'm right there with him i don't have nothing but my my tiktok um shoot i don't even remember what my actual username is i might should have looked that up before we started this episode um no, but I, I i'm sure if you looked up justin stafford you'd find it um and and s lazy k ranches has a damn fine gray horse for sale right now we do um, at the moment yes sir I tried to talk Cody into keeping her and he's not going to take no less than what she's worth. Cause well, she's worth having around. So go check that out. Go check his page out. Um, give us, give us Colt starting page a follow. If you live in the great state of Montana and need one started, um, man, you darn sure won't be disappointed and it'll be worth every penny spent. No doubt about it. Um, or if you buy that dang gray horse, it'll be worth every, every penny spent. She's a, She's a cool. One. One. I, I've watched Cody do a lot of really cool shit on that horse. Um, a lot of the stories we told today, he was riding that gray horse, in fact. So, yeah, that um, is true. Yeah. So, uh, well, shoot, we'll wrap things up. And, and I appreciate you, you coming on, man. And um, everybody listening, go give him a follow and, and stay tuned for more. Thanks, man. We'll talk at you later. Yeah, you bet. We'll talk at you later.
but 